Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Welcome back to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. How's everyone doing? Before we get into today's episode, I just have a couple of sort of housekeeping things that I wanted to tell you about. Um, First of all, are y'all following me on Instagram? So here's the deal. I am writing my book, which is kind of a huge undertaking. And I am not planning on self-publishing. I am planning on going the traditional publishing route because that is um, what has been advised to me by both my my coach and, you know, other people in the industry. And so one of the things that's really important in the publishing industry is that you have a gargantuan social media following. I know it's it, it sounds gross and it's silly and all those things, but it's just one of those things in the 21st century that matters. So if you're not already following me on Instagram, I would appreciate it if you would go over there and give me a follow. It's at the Divorce Survival Guide. Uh, I post really good content, so it's not like annoying or anything. <laughs> I mean, if you like my podcast, you'll like my Instagram. Come on. So um, head on over there and give me a follow. I would really appreciate it. It would help boost my numbers and make me more attractive to publishers. And then I can write this book. And then you go and all read it. <laughs> How's that? I also wanted to let you guys know that my Facebook group is approaching 5,000 followers, which is, uh, or 5,000 members, which is really amazing. As such, I am working even harder at keeping it the safest place possible. So um, if you're not in the Facebook group and you've been like, I've been in all these other divorce Facebook groups and they're awful, um, mine is different. <laughs> Um, no, but truly it is. We monitor, I have an amazing team of moderators, co-moderators and admins. And this are, these are, you know, I have um, Erica Stubb, who's uh, a domestic violence expert. She works in the field of domestic violence um, in the shelter system in uh, Minnesota. I've got Katie Thompson, who is a therapist. Amazing. You've heard her on the podcast a number of times before. And we have Victoria Taylor, who is a former client. She's amazing because she's been through this, right? And so we've got this team of people who really keep tabs on all of the content and all the posts and flag us when things are inappropriate or if we need our eyes on it, because it's hard to keep eyes on 5,000 people posting all day, every day. It's a very active group. But here's what I'll tell you about it. I don't know a group out there. And and I, I say this, but I also the members of the group say this, that is safer, that is more um, supportive, that is more committed to growth and healing in this arena than any other group out there. I literally, it is all about growth and healing. We don't accept expashing, you know, venting is against the rules. So if you're looking, if you're a woman, sorry guys, this is for women only. If you're a woman and you're looking for a really safe place to tell your story, share your story, get questions, get support, um, get answers to your pressing questions, this is the place to do it. 
Seriously, come on and join us. There's a link in the show notes. It's also on my website. Um, there's a link to join on my website, which is kateanthony.com. And if you just go on to Facebook and you search, should I stay or should I go? My group should pop up. So here's the deal. You must answer all of the screening questions or you will not be admitted into the group. That's how seriously we take it. Uh, head on over there if you're looking for more direct support. And as always, y'all, I am, you know, I've got my program, I've got my online program, my should I stay or should I go online program. We have community calls every month that are awesome, seriously awesome. And I have a couple spots open right now for private coaching. All of that, again, on my website, kateanthony.com, head on over there. There are so many ways that you can dig more deeply into this with me from, you know, free got the podcast and the Facebook group, um, my Instagram to sort of lower priced in my online program to the more in-depth and one-on-one intensive work with me privately as a coach. So I really try to give as many options as possible for everyone. And so <laughs> moving on to today's episode. Today I have with me uh, my friend Sarah Ulsher. Sarah is the creator of Mighty and Bright. And as a writer, illustrator, and speaker, Sarah spends her life creating products to help kids through really hard things and through her company, Mighty and Bright, and talking about stuff that makes people want to crawl into a deep, dark hole. Yeah, seriously. So whether it's divorce, cancer, death, or uncertainty, she has worked hard to be comfortable with the profoundly uncomfortable. Her work has been featured in Pop Sugar, Reader's Digest, The Mighty... Uh, and good housekeeping, to name a few. And she's spoken in front of audiences, large and small, about her experience making major life changes after divorce and cancer. She truly believes that everyone has the strength and resilience to overcome unimaginable hardship and use those lessons to make this world a much better place. I just adore Sarah. I think she's fabulous. And her products at Mighty and Bright are amazing. Amazing. There, she has a co-parenting calendar so that, you know, you're always like trying to find the best way for your kids to figure out where they're supposed to, you know, what the custody arrangement is and where they're going what day and they're little and they can't track a calendar. Sarah has you covered. Seriously, the best co-parenting calendar I've ever seen. Without further ado, here's my guest, Sarah Olsher. so much for being here. You guys were laughing because we've had a few false starts here with my barking dog. So, <laughs> and a rogue FedEx man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm really thrilled to be here. When we were uh, talking and I went on your website and I saw your products, I was like, oh my God, everyone has to buy this now. <laughs> so- <laughs> So this is basically an infomercial. So we're basically going to be doing an infomercial for your products because <laughs> they're so great. Uh. <laughs> Thank you. That means a lot to me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I really believe in them too. I, I've seen a big difference in my daughter and lots of other kids. So make yeah. a big difference. Yeah. So, okay. So tell us a little bit about you and Mighty and Bright. And sure. yeah, give us a little backstory. Yeah. So... I have been divorced for almost 10 years now, which is crazy to think about. But my ex-husband and I separated when my daughter was a year and a half. 
And she just was really anxious. It was a really like toxic marriage, toxic divorce. And she was really small, but she was having just like all these anxiety issues. And I took her to a therapist and she was only two. And, you know, I was kind of like, I don't know whether this is going to actually help or not, but it was incredibly helpful basically because the therapist gave me techniques to use in talking to my daughter and in, you know, helping her feel safe. And I learned tons about child psychology. And that began my basic deep dive into the way that kids work. And one of the things that she did was she created this like construction paper calendar to sh- for me to show my daughter like when she would see each parent. And I was like, well, I could do better than that. Um, <laughs> I had a background in illustration and I was like, I can make something cooler than this. And so I made her like this magnetic calendar with illustrations of me and illustrations of her dad. And it just like her anxiety, I won't say it went away because she was still afraid of things like sand, which a calendar can't do anything about. <laughs> But her her anxiety around, you know, when she was going to see her dad next really made a big difference. And so after a while, I thought, you know, I wonder if I could just throw this up online and see if other people would be into it. And that is how I started Mighty and Bright. And it's been, I don't know, six years now of running the business. And I just live for it. I get so many emails from parents that are telling me how much it's helped their kids to have just a visual calendar that just belongs to the kid um, and how it's relieved their anxiety and all of the questions that they're always asking. So yeah, it's a bit of a background on that. (laughs) So and these calendars are, your calendars, by the way, are amazing. Like, and they come... So Mighty and Bright is more than calendars now, right? You've just it written a, ch- a children's book. You have a, do you have a series of books? I right? do. About difficult, about difficult situations and, and yeah. to, for children processing hard things. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's become my mission. And the reason is because I had breast cancer three years ago. And when I was diagnosed, I was like, holy shit. Like life is really hard. And at that point, divorce had been like, I mean, it's devastating. And it was the hardest thing I'd ever faced. And then when I was diagnosed with cancer, I was like, there are so many things kids have to process. And I was, it's kind of started my like book journey because I was looking for a book to help my daughter process what cancer is. And I didn't like any of the books on cancer. Mm. I didn't feel like they explained things in a way that was like, like they didn't explain the cancer or the science of cancer. And so when you don't explain what it actually is, it's kind of terrifying. Yeah. It's like a really big, scary thing. It becomes the C word as opposed to. Right. Right. Like this is how our bodies are made and they cells split apart and that's totally normal. And all cancer is, is confused, broken cells that just keep making more and more. And that was what I wanted to explain to her was basically like, I just had cells that were like broken and we needed to take them out or get rid of them in some way. And there was nothing out there. And so Mm -hmm. I kind of found my own way to explain it to her without a book. And then through my chemo, that was really what kept me going was writing this children's book about, 
you know, the science of cancer and how it actually affects a kid, because the way that kids understand their world is like they are developmentally like self-absorbed. Like that sounds like a bad thing, but it's true because their, their world is not about empathy until they're much older. They, they want to know that you're going to be okay, but they need to know how it's going to affect them and their day to day. Right. They need to know that they're going to be okay. Exactly. (laughs) And that nobody is going to forget them because Mm -hmm. anytime a family is going through something difficult, whether it's cancer or divorce or, you know, moving to a new place, the routines that they're relying on are just like thrown up in the air and, a lot of the times as parents, we're barely hanging on by a thread and we like don't necessarily remember that we need to keep things as like steady as we can. Or even if we do remember that, like the kids still feel our tension or they feel the tension of like all of the things that are just not the same as they used to be. So the calendar becomes like a visual reminder of like the things that they can expect And the things that are going to stay the same and the things that make them feel safe. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about, talk about giving kids ownership, right. Over their schedules or, I mean, it's not about ownership, right. Because it's not like we're saying that they should be in charge of the schedule. Right. But we are talking about giving them some agency and making them feel like they actually have a, some sense of inclusion um, in the process right? That they're included in the process in some way. And, you know, one of the things that I love about your calendar is that it's very kid, like when I, when my son was little, we took a calendar, like I took like, I got like a space calendar and I marked off the days we had, you know, I let him choose the colors and mommy days were orange days and daddy's days were black days. And so it was like all these orange and black dots. And I like put it up in his room and he was like, but I don't know what day it is, right? Like he didn't know that it was like a month, you know, month at a time kind of yeah. thing. He didn't know what fucking day of the month it was. <laughs> like, it was like insane. It was yeah. three years old, right? Yes, so. totally. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, when you're telling me that story, I'm like, that is so awesome because you're giving him choices in this. Like mm-hmm. divorce is not a thing that kids get to choose. And that makes it really hard for them and makes them feel even more out of control than they already do. Like life kind of happens to kids. And especially when it comes to divorce, like they may or may not be happy about this situation. Most likely they're not unless they like were old enough to feel like, you know, my parents are fighting all the time and now they're calm. But Uh in any case, they are, you know, they don't have control over this and to give them any sense of control, whether it's like, okay, you get to choose the colors that represent each day. The calendar, I think the the cool thing about it is that it's theirs and it's not like we know when they're going to go see their parent because we have it on our phone or on our computer, but like, And all these apps are fantastic. Like our family wizard is one of like, all of those are fantastic. Mm -hmm. They're not for the kids. And so you're giving them a calendar that is, that is theirs. And so they basically get to choose where to hang it or, and then it has a little today button so that they can understand basically what day it is. 
Yes. And even pre-readers, like little toddlers, you might think they don't understand this, but if you can explain days in terms of like sleeps, so you're saying like, there's two sleeps until daddy's house. And like this line between the days is a sleep, all of that. That's stuff. what you have on your calendar, which I really love is that you have the line between each day and that you actually define that as a sleep. <laughs> yeah. Which is, like you're, it's so kid centric, right? And yeah. it's certain things that like, we just don't think about as adults. We don't like, we're not, it feels like the way you've created this and, and all of your products, your books, and you've done it from the perspective of, from the child's perspective, right? It's not like yeah. the adult perspective of what we think a kid needs. It's actually, mm-hmm. we talked about like, you know, there's a, there are a lot of questions that are taking up space in mm-hmm. children's heads. And it's mm-hmm. important for us to figure out what those things are so that we can answer those questions or like eliminate that space. And sometimes we don't, yes. we don't even know what they are, right? Totally. Yeah. So when I wrote my kid's book, it's called What Happens When Parents Get Divorced. The idea behind that was to create something that's different than a lot of the other books that are out there. Cause there are a lot of books for kids that are going through divorce because it's so common. And a lot of those books will answer questions, is it my fault? And all all of those questions. So my book goes into those things and tries to answer all of the common questions, but it also just really focuses on the day-to-day and it uses the calendar, like a picture of the calendar in there to show them. This is, this is how this is going to affect you. And it gives, so you start with the book and you're like answering all of the questions that you're, you're guessing that they have, but then by having the calendar, it continues that conversation and it creates space for them to be reminded, okay, I have this calendar on the wall. Oh, I re- I remember I have a question about this. Like, this is a safe thing we can talk about. Yeah. And just, it's, it's fascinating to me how the calendar becomes so much more than just a calendar. It becomes a visual reminder that they're safe, that they're loved, that they're safe to talk about these things, that they're, you're there for open communication. It's, it's really, I mean, it's magic. (laughs) I I agree. (laughs) I agree. So A lot of professionals will say that we have to put the kids first, right? What is that? What I think for most of us, we don't even know what that means, right? We're like, of course I'm putting my kids first. Yeah. Are you right? I know. I think I just think back to the beginning part of my divorce and how my ex and I were just like fighting during custody and like fighting over who was going to get what time with my daughter. And I remember we went to the court appointed mediator and there was this picture on the wall, a cartoon of these two parents with the kid in the middle and they were tugging on the kid's arms and they were saying like, don't put the kid in the middle. And I remember thinking, duh, how sad is it that like people put their kids in the middle? And then it's like, I look back on it and I'm like, oh my God, we totally put the kid in the middle. Like, yeah, it's so like when you're, when you're talking to your attorney and they say, put your kids first, they're talking about like, okay, create a schedule that like is, is equitable between the two parents so that the child can have a relationship with both parents. 
but they don't really tell you how you talk to your children about what is happening. Mm -hmm. Like the therapist that we went to really taught me like how you get on your child's level and really validate the feelings that they're having. And especially really young kids, they understand so much more than they can express. And we just assume that they don't understand what's going on and they a hundred percent do and they just don't know how to express that yeah and so as time has gone on and i've understood a little bit more clearly like what it means to put your kids first it really means like if you are having any sort of disagreement with your ex take it like 90 miles away from where the kids are because Mm -hmm. their little ears they can they they don't only like hear stuff they sense your stress which is like, I just remember at the time being so totally overwhelmed and just like, how do I take my stress level down and not add like extra guilt on top of it? Because it really is just incredibly hard. And my only advice to people who are going through this is just take it easy on yourself. Really try to make it, make your life as simple as you possibly can so that you can remove added stressors that don't need to be there so that you can properly deal with the huge feelings that you're having likely Mm -hmm. about your ex so that you're not like your kids not feeling it yeah because they are they are part of your ex they are physically part of them they yeah they know that yeah I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand is that children of that age from a a young age from a developmental perspective consider themselves half of mom and half of dad Mm -hmm. And so anytime you denigrate the other parent, they take it very personally that you are denigrating half of them. Totally. They don't see it as like, oh, you can pick and choose like which parts are half. It's like, no, no, no. All of dad is in me. All of mom is in me. And so if you denigrate dad, then you're, you're literally saying that you hate half of me. Yeah. It's horrible. One of the things I tried to say to my daughter, because my ex was going through a lot of like really hard stuff at the time of our divorce and was not able to be the best parent that he could have been. I just kept saying to her, you got all the best parts of mommy and all the best parts of daddy. Nobody Mm -hmm. is perfect, but you got all the best parts of both of us. How lucky are we? Mm -hmm. And And that seemed to help her process it a bit, but it kids are dealing with so much. And, you know, the one thing I will say that really has helped me a lot, especially in those early days is the knowledge that studies are actually showing that all kids really need is one healthy parent and one responsive, loving, communicative parent. So I used to put so much guilt on myself because I just really was worried about the relationship between my ex and my daughter at that time. And it really relieved a lot of my anxiety to know that like I was giving like 300% and that was enough. I mean, it it really is. And that's, I, I talk about this all the time. I'm so glad you brought it up, you know, and it's not just one healthy parent, it's one stable household. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so many women that I know and work with are questioning whether they should stay in their marriage for their kids. Right. And yeah. back to your point about they know what's going on. Mm-hmm. They know a lot more than they're able to express. They're, they know a lot more than they're able to understand, mm-hmm. but they know it. They know something is very, right. very wrong. Mm-hmm. And 
when we stay for them, we keep them in a toxic environment 100% of the time. Yeah. But when we separate, we have no control over the toxicity levels in the other house. Zero control, unless it's actually violent and we can file reports. And even then, it's not guaranteed that, that you're mm-hmm. going to remove your kid. But if you can create a healthy, happy, stable home for your kid on your time, yeah. that's enough. It's, yeah. not, it's not perfect, right. but it's enough. And rarely are things perfect. Like if we're going to be real, yeah, life isn't <laughs> perfect. People aren't perfect. We're not perfect. We're not perfect. And no matter how hard we try, we're not ever going to get there. And the stress of trying to get there is going to make things harder for you, for your kids. Like I love the Brene Brown has a, has a book called the imperfect parenting. And that, oh, that yeah. was so freeing to me, you know, that it's about the repair. It's when you make a mistake, your kids learn more from you repairing that mistake than they do from a perfect parent. It's so important. It's so important. It's not that we're never yell at our kids. It's not that we don't, you know, fuck up and say things that are inappropriate or whatever. And it is our job. Like, I think a lot of people think like, "Ah, I don't apologize to my kid, you know? Mm -hmm. No, you do. Mm -hmm. Right. The damage the, the, like you said, you know, the repair is made when you, when you take responsibility and you say, you know what, I, I regret that I lost my temper and I'm so sorry that I yelled at you. That's not really how I want to be. That's not how I want to parent. And I love you. And I'm so sorry. I lost my temper. You know, I'm really going to work on, work on that or, uh, and not, and not if, but if you hadn't, (laughs) but if you hadn't done blah, 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 blah. Right. Cause that's toxic by the way. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think, I think our egos are like, as parents, we should be, it's, it's like, there's a line between the parents and the kids and the parents shouldn't have to apologize, but you're teaching by example mm-hmm. and by, te- and by showing them that it's okay to make mistakes. That's what they learn. Then they're more gentle with themselves. Right. And if we're constantly, put, I love, I love that you said that. Cause if we're constantly putting, forth this image of perfection, that's what, that's what they're going to strive for. And when we say to them, you don't have to be perfect. They basically look at us like, like, but that's literally the message you've been sending me my entire life. Totally. Totally. (laughs) Right. And the way that we apologize to them teaches them how to apologize to others. Mm -hmm. And to us. And to us. (laughs) Still waiting for that day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see. So it's, I mean, it is, it is so much more important for us to fuck up and take responsibility than it is for us to never fuck up. Totally. Yeah. And our, and we have to be consistent in our words and actions. Like I remember just going back to the divorce conversation. I remember a friend of mine, when she got divorced, she would, she and her husband were like, mommy and daddy still love each other. And, you know, we're going to be a family and we'll always be a family. And then they would scream and throw things and like be so fucking violent in front of this two-year-old that I was like, and, you know, to be fair, that is the family that she had grown up in. Yeah. But 
nevertheless, like that's not, you don't tell kids you're going to do something. Don't take the stock lines about divorce. If you're not actually going to, you know, like it could be a toxic situation where you have to go as little contact as possible. Then don't tell your kids that mommy and daddy are still a family. We're all still a family because you're not, you're going to become two families. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, I think also by that's dangerous because you're like we still love each other then you're saying like this is what love looks like right and do we really want love to look like that like the other thing you can say is is to really draw attention to the fact that different people have different different capabilities so you you're with somebody or we're with somebody who is really like a narcissist you know you can say things like daddy, mommy loves you as much as they possibly can. It depends on the situation, Mm -hmm. but it's like, if you, I highly recommend getting a therapist if you are in that kind of situation, because I was, and, and it helped me a lot with knowing how to really validate her experience, my daughter's experience when she went over there, because it was really hard for a long time. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was. It's actually, I mean, I think Kids can get into therapy really young. <laughs> you know, it's, like- it's amazing. It's amazing how, mm-hmm. and I think we've gotten to an age where it's like, it was actually really helpful for me as a parent when she was like under four. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. when it became more focused on her, it's like play is mm-hmm. how kids work through things. We right. will analyze them, we'll journal, we'll do all these things, but playing things, and you can do this with them too. They, they express their feelings and work through their problems by like acting things out with their mm-hmm. dolls or their cars or whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things that I do love too about your calendars is that I want you to tell the story of the faces because that's a great story. Okay. So <laughs> my calendars are basically like as generic of faces that I could come up with. I also have houses to represent each parent. You can have like, you know, mommy's an orange face and daddy's a blue face or yellow house and a purple house. And or you have apartment I, buildings, apartment like you have buildings. different representations. Yes, mm-hmm. totally. So, you know, you can create some, a calendar that really speaks to your family. And I'm really into making sure that everyone feels seen. Like the characters in my books are an interracial family. Like I want to make sure that every child sees themselves. So I have different moms. So if you're a lesbian family divorcing, you can choose two moms or if you're gay, two dads. And I was contacted by this woman who says, I just feel like the the mom characters are a little too feminine for our relationship, like, can you make something custom that people can upload a photo or do something? And I thought, oh, yeah, absolutely. So I created on my website the ability to upload a photo and like no one was buying it. And I was like, I wonder why. I I just think that this is such a great idea. I don't understand why nobody's buying it. And then like six months later, this other woman emails me and she's like, so I really like the idea of like a custom family because I don't really see myself in the generic family, but like, I really don't like the photo upload because I don't want a picture of my ex-husband on my wall. 
And I was like, oh my God. You're like, girl, same. How did I not see this? (laughs) Totally. I was like, how did I not see this? I never would have wanted that in my house. (laughs) So from there, I created like the ability to customize like an illustration that represents each parent. So you can have like short hair, long hair. Right, right, right. Yes different skin tones different like earrings these are things that we don't mind seeing in our kitchen every day rather than our ex's face in the middle of a horrible divorce so that was kind of hilarious and I still have the photo option but no one ever orders it no one wants it no one wants their ex's face on a magnet no. Oh, oh, oh my God. So funny. Yeah, so, exactly. so I think that's really important. And, um, you know, anyone who listens to me knows that this level of inclusion is actually really important to me. And I think it was one of the first things I asked you when, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking about having you come on. Cause like that matters to me and representation me matters. So I'm super, super happy to have learned that we are aligned in those things and that yeah. these, these calendars are for everyone, literally everyone. Literally everyone. I'm working on trying to figure out a way to make my like generic characters more inclusive also because they are super like feminine. So we'll see. I think that's the cool thing about being able to create your own products is the things that really matter to you. You get to keep moving forward and keep changing things to make them exactly what you want them to be. And that I will always work toward making things more inclusive. Yeah, I just, you guys, everyone needs to follow Sarah on all of the social platforms at Mighty and Bright. (laughs) Because, no, I think that this is, listen, you know, we are all working in our various corners of, of this world, but all together, we sort of can, we sort of do things, we kind of make a full picture if you will. Totally. So I the fact that. that you have, what are, what are the topics of your books that you have available right now? Just so people know. Yeah. So I have what happens when parents get divorced and I have that for straight couples. I have it for two moms, two dads, and I have it in Spanish. Then I have what happens when someone I love has cancer. That's for kids who have a parent with cancer or a sibling with cancer usually. And then I have what happens when a kid has cancer for children who are facing their own diagnosis. And then I also created some books. Uh, I have free downloads for kids who are dealing with like trying to understand what the coronavirus is, or if they're dealing with trying to understand like what happens when school starts again, because the school year has been so strange. So that was it. I hadn't really noticed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like helping to understand like some days are Zoom days, some days are for going to in-person school. For like the and hybrid then, model. Oh my God. Oh my you gosh. have like a calendar for like the hybrid model. Yeah, totally. Oh, for God's sake. Because what I really understood was like when I was creating this is basically like it doesn't matter whether your like kid is going through something specific like cancer or divorce. Like there's all sorts of things that kids find really difficult. So I have like 
little buttons for all sorts of things, like all kinds of activities, like, you know, martial arts or horseback riding or chores or all these different things so that all of the things that make up a kid's life Mm. can be represented in a way that helps them. Because a lot of kids with different learning abilities or anything, they, they need to see things represented. Like life can sometimes just be hard. Yes, absolutely. Even even without a pandemic, (laughs) without a pandemic or without divorce. Right. I mean, like just, you know, chore charts, you know, like all of that stuff. Totally. Oh my God. So making sense out of life. (laughs) Yes. Right. And I think it's, I think it's a great tool because it really helps them with executive functioning skills early, Mm -hmm. you know, totally, which is really, can be really challenging Mm -hmm. for certain kids, even more so. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Where can everyone find you? I'm mainly on Instagram at Mighty and Bright Co. And my website is mightyandbright.com. Excellent. And all of that will be linked in the show notes and as well as the calendar link for the calendar, because I think that's especially important for my audience. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Any any final words of, of wisdom or sign off for the Just people? Be- just be gentle with yourself. You're raising resilient kids. Like this is a really hard thing to go through, but every challenge that we have, you know, makes, makes us more resilient. And that's true for your kids too. And they have your support through it and you're, you're helping them to be stronger people. Good job. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say that you guys are doing a great job. I mean, if you're even listening to this podcast and like, you know, doing this work and all of that, paying attention this way, you're doing great. Awesome. Totally. Awesome. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at The Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.